evening. I hope you've had a great day today. Welcome to BVJ's Bedtime Stories. I'm Big Voice Jay, and this is a show where we get you ready for a good night's sleep with public domain short stories just for you. Links to all the stories can be found at the show notes at bedtimewithbvj.com. And if you'd like to support the show, there's a buy me a coffee link on every page and post. Tonight we continue our story, Winnie the Pooh by A.A. A. Milne. And still the tracks went on in front of them. Suddenly Winnie the Pooh stopped and pointed excitedly in front of him. Look! What? said Piglet with a jump. And then, to show that he hadn't been frightened, he jumped up and down once or twice more in an exercising sort of way. The tracks, said Pooh. A third animal has joined the other two. Pooh, cried Piglet. Do you think it is another woozle? No, said Pooh, because it makes different marks. It is either two woozles and one, as it might be whizzle, or two, as it might be whizzles, and one, if so it is, woozle. Let us continue to follow them. So they went on, feeling just a little anxious now, in case the three animals in front of them were a hostile intent. And Piglet wished very much that his grandfather T.W. were there, instead of elsewhere. And Pooh thought how nice it would be if they met Christopher Robin suddenly, but quite accidentally. And only because he liked Christopher Robin so much. And then, all of a sudden, Winnie the Pooh stopped again and licked the tip of his nose in a cooling manner, for he was feeling more hot and anxious than ever in his life before. There were four animals in front of them. Do you see, Piglet? Look at their tracks. Three, as it were, woozles, and one, as it was, whizzle. Another woozle has joined them. And so it seemed to be. There were the tracks, crossing over each other here, getting muddled up with each other there, but quite plainly every now and then, the tracks of four sets of paws. I think, said Piglet, when he had licked the tip of his nose too, and found that it brought very little comfort, I think that I have just remembered something I have just remembered something that I forgot to do yesterday and shan't be able to do tomorrow, so I suppose I really ought to go back and do it now. We'll do it this afternoon, and I'll come with you, said Pooh. It isn't the sort of thing you can do in the afternoon, said Piglet quickly. It's a very particular morning thing that has to be done in the morning, and if possible... Between the hours of, uh, what did you say the time was? About twelve, said Winnie the Pooh, looking up at the sun. Between, as I was saying, the hours of twelve and twelve-five. So really, dear old Pooh, if you'll excuse me, uh, what's that? Pooh looked up at the sky, and then, as he heard the whistle again, he looked up into the branches of a big oak tree, and then he saw a friend of his. It's Christopher Robin, he said. Ah, then you'll be all right, said Piglet. You'll be quite safe with him. Goodbye, and he trotted off home as quickly as he could, very glad to be out of all danger again. 
Christopher Robin came slowly down his tree. Silly old bear, he said. What were you doing? First you went round the spinney twice by yourself, and then Piglet ran after you, and you went round again together. And then you were just going round a fourth time. Wait a minute, said Winnie the Pooh, holding up his paw. He sat down and thought, in the most thoughtful way he could think. Then he fitted his paw into one of the tracks. And then he scratched his nose twice and stood up. Yes, said Winnie the Pooh. I see now, said Winnie the Pooh. I have been foolish and deluded, said he, and I am a bear of no brain at all. You're the best bear in all the world, said Christopher Robin soothingly. Am I? said Pooh hopefully. And then he brightened up suddenly. Anyhow, he said, it is nearly luncheon time. So he went home for it. Chapter 4 In which Eeyore loses a tail and Pooh finds one. The old grey donkey, Eeyore, stood by himself in a thistly corner of the forest, his front feet well apart, his head on one side, and thought about things. Sometimes he thought sadly to himself, Why? And sometimes he thought, Wherefore? And sometimes he thought, Inasmuch as which? And sometimes he didn't quite know what he was thinking about. So, when Winnie the Pooh came stumping along, Eeyore was very glad to be able to stop thinking for a little, in order to say, How do you do? in a gloomy manner to him. And how are you? said Winnie the Pooh. Eeyore shook his head from side to side. Not very how, he said. I don't seem to have felt at all how for a long time. Dear, dear, said Pooh, I'm sorry about that. Let's have a look at you. So Eeyore stood there, gazing sadly at the ground, and Winnie the Pooh walked all around him once. Why... "'What's happened to your tail?' he said in surprise. "'What has happened to it?' said Eeyore. "'It isn't there.' "'Are you sure?' "'Well, either a tail is there or it isn't there. "'You can't make a mistake about it, and yours isn't there.' "'Then what is?' "'Nothing.' "'Let's have a look,' said Eeyore.' and he turned slowly round to the place where his tail had been a little while ago, and then, finding that he couldn't catch it up, he turned round the other way, until he came back to where he was at first, and then he put his head down and looked between his front legs, and at last he said with a long, sad sigh, I believe you're right. Of course I'm right, said Pooh. That accounts for a good deal, said Eeyore gloomily. It explains everything. No wonder. You must have left it somewhere, said Winnie the Pooh. Somebody must have taken it, said Eeyore. 
How like them, he added, after a long silence. Pooh felt that he ought to say something helpful about it, but didn't quite know what. So he decided to do something helpful instead. Eeyore, he said solemnly, I, Winnie the Pooh, will find your tail for you. Thank you, Pooh, answered Eeyore. You're a real friend, said he. Not like some, he said. So Winnie the Pooh went off to find Eeyore's tail. It was a fine spring morning in the forest as he started out. Little soft clouds played happily in a blue sky, skipping from time to time in front of the sun as if they had come to put it out, and then sliding away suddenly so that the next might have his turn. Through them and between them the sun shone bravely, and a copse which had worn its furs all the year round seemed old and dowdy now beside the new green lace which the beeches had put on so prettily. Through copse and spinney marched bare, down upon slopes of gorse and heather, over rocky beds of streams, up steep banks of sandstone into the heather again, and so at last, tired and hungry, to the hundred-acre wood. For it was in the hundred-acre wood that Owl lived. And if anyone knows anything about anything, said Bear to himself, it's Owl who knows something about something, he said. Or my name's not Winnie the Pooh, he said. Which it is, he added. So there you are. Owl lived at the Chestnuts, an old world residence of great charm, which was grander than anybody else's, or seemed so to bear, because it had both a knocker and a bell pull. Underneath the knocker, there was a notice which said, Please ring if Enrinsa is required. Underneath the bell pull, there was a notice which said, Please knog if an answer is not required. These notices had been written by Christopher Robin, who was the only one in the forest who could spell. For Al, wise though he was in many ways, able to read and write and spell his own name, W-O-L, yet somehow went all to pieces over delicate words like measles and buttered toast. Winnie the Pooh read the two notices very carefully, first from left to right, and afterwards, in case he had missed some of it, from right to left. Then, to make quite sure, he knocked and pulled the knocker, and he pulled and knocked the bell rope, and he called out in a very loud voice, Owl, I require an answer. It's Bear speaking. And the door opened, and Owl looked out. Hello, Pooh, he said. How's things? Terrible and sad, said Pooh, because Eeyore, who is a friend of mine, has lost his tail, and he's moping about it. So could you very kindly tell me how to find it for him? Well, said Owl, the customary procedure in such cases is as follows. What does crustamony frost cake mean? said Pooh. For I am a bear of very little brain, and long words bother me. It means the thing to do. 
As long as it means that, I don't mind, said Pooh humbly. The thing to do is as follows. First, issue a reward. Then, just a moment, said Pooh, holding up his paw. What do we do to this... What were you saying? You sneezed just as you were going to tell me. I didn't sneeze. Yes, you did, Owl. Excuse me, Pooh. I didn't. You can't sneeze without knowing it. Well, you can't know it without something having been sneezed. What I said was, first, issue a reward. You're doing it again, said Pooh sadly. A reward, said Owl very loudly. We write a notice to say that we will give a large something to anybody who finds Eeyore's tail. I see, I see, said Pooh, nodding his head. Talking about large somethings, he went on dreamily. I generally have a small something about now, about this time in the morning. And he looked wistfully at the cupboard in the corner of Owl's parlor. Just a mouthful of condensed milk or what not, with perhaps a lick of honey. Well then, said Owl, we write out this notice and we put it up all over the forest. A lick of honey, murmured Bear to himself, or, or not, as the case may be. And he gave a deep sigh and tried very hard to listen to what Owl was saying. But Owl went on and on, using longer and longer words, until at last he came back to where he started, and he explained that the person to write out this notice was Christopher Robin. It was he who wrote the ones on my front door for me. Did you see them, Pooh? For some time now, Pooh had been saying yes and no in turn, with his eyes shut, to all that Owl was saying, and having said yes, yes last time, he said no, not at all now, without really knowing what Owl was talking about. Didn't you see them? said Owl, a little surprised. Come and look at them now. So they went outside, and Pooh looked at the knocker and the notice below it, and he looked at the bell rope and the notice below it. And the more he looked at the bell rope, the more he felt that he had seen something like it somewhere else, somewhere before. Handsome bell rope, isn't it? said Owl. Pooh nodded. It reminds me of something, he said. But I can't think what. Where did you get it? I just came across it in the forest. It was hanging over a bush, and I thought at first somebody lived there, so I rang it, and nothing happened. And then I rang it again very loudly, and it came off in my hand. And as nobody seemed to want it, I took it home, and Owl, said Poole solemnly, you made a mistake. Somebody did want it. Who? Eeyore, my dear friend Eeyore. He was, he was fond of it. Fond of it? Attached to it, said Winnie the Pooh sadly. So with these words he unhooked it and carried it back to Eeyore. And when Christopher Robin had nailed it on in its right place again, Eeyore frisked about the forest, waving his tail so happily that Winnie the Pooh came over all funny and had to hurry home for a little snack of something to sustain him. And, wiping his mouth half an hour afterwards, he sang to himself proudly, Who found the tail? 
I said poo at a quarter to two. Only it was a quarter to eleven, really. I found the tail. We'll continue the story on our next episode. We are always looking for great stories like these to feature on the show. You can send your suggestions to bigvoicej at gmail.com. We've got a YouTube channel full of stories from the show. Go to tiny.cc slash bvjbedtime. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps to spread the word that we're putting people to sleep every single night. And if you'd like to support the show, there's a Buy Me a Coffee link on every page and post. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>